Jane. Hey, Issa. <laughs> Jane. Hi, Issa. This is Under the Bleachers. We're two adults who watch and discuss movies for teens. This week, it's kind of a funny story. But first, Jane, I did something for the first time that I wanted to tell you about. Tell me. Um, I did an escape room for the first time. Wow. And um, you haven't done one, right? No, I haven't. I've My been main- on the precipice, but I've never actually entered the building. Two main takeaways. One, I think I like them. I think they're like video games in real life. Um, Second thing I really wanted to talk to you about was that I saw some teens at the escape room lobby. (laughs) So first of all, okay. So I did this for my friend's bachelorette. She wanted to do an escape room. And everyone else there was in high school. (laughs) Like every (laughs) other group of people there was in high school or like a full- And at bachelorette parties. Or, like, a full, like, family with, like, parents and children and then, like, two teens or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't... I've never done anything like that in high school, but I, I understand. And I'm trying to find the message that I wrote you about the teens that I saw in the waiting room that I was um, kind of scared of. Um, but I said that one of them... There were four teens. One of them looked like Cheryl Blossom from Riverdale. Mm-hmm. And she was clearly sort of, like, the alpha in the mm-hmm. situation. But there, but there was also another one um, who looked like um, Kiernan Shipka, um, Sabrina. That's Sabrina. a beta for sure. Oh shit! Okay, <laughs> but um, I wanted to ask you if you had any beautiful redheads at your high school. Um, I feel like if I say no, that'll be offensive to all the redheads I know. Do you know many prominent redheads? There was one prominent redhead. <laughs> But she was not an alpha, is what you're saying. No, but she, 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 she was in the middle of alpha and beta, I feel like. Okay, the the thing that was, like, scary to me is that they were all whispering, and they were definitely, like, looking at us, and I started to be um, terrified. Um, and then they started talking about, um, like, boys, I think. And they were describing a boy and trying to, like, describe his vibe and i heard them say pretty loudly you know he enjoys a small coffee from birch what the, fuck? Like, what the fuck oh my god <laughs> Wait, and you were in new york so these were new york teens not tourists yeah that's why i was afraid oh the other thing i i found my message and one of them had a long braid katniss everdeen style oh, wow. is what i said <laughs> They're following in the footsteps of the great women of history. Yeah, tag yourself. Cheryl Blossom, Sabrina the Teenage Witch, Katniss Everdeen. <laughs> um, there's only one brunette option there, unfortunately. Um, Jane, would you like to... First of all, would you like to do an escape room with me? Yeah, of course. Okay, cool. Once COVID is like a little more chill. Um, I'm sure they're from, like, some elite terrifying high school, and that's why I also brought them up this episode, and I'm excited for this movie. So, would you like to introduce our guest? I would. Blair Dawson is a Brooklyn-based stand-up comedian who has been featured in Vulture for her podcast, It's Genetic. Hi, Blair. Hey, Blair. Hello, what's up? <laughs> Thank you for being here. Oh, yeah, it's Saturday morning, my voice is gravelly. Um, yeah, ready to do this. Let's go. <laughs> I really like it, actually. Um, Blair, we like to ask everyone who comes on the pod, 
what type of teen were you interesting interesting um yeah i would say i was an art room teen yeah um i hated school i tried to skip as much as possible pretended i was sick a lot i had um the record for most amount of tardies Oh, hell Whoa, yeah. my That's high school—yeah, I know, I know. Yeah, my high school superlative was in ten years, Blair Dawson will be dot 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 sleeping in. <laughs> and, I also um, like that it's tardies and not absences because it's mm-hmm. like you were gonna get there eventually. Just like give it a second, you know. Yeah, I was just gonna skip my first period unless I liked it. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I I had one my geometry teacher I really did not like. So I would and that was first period. You can't do geometry first period. It's too dry. That's like, yeah. that's like a third period class, you know. It can't be first thing. Yeah, we should be allowed to like vote on like which ones have to go first in the morning. Yeah. I also didn't eat breakfast in high school, so I feel like it was it was really hard for me if there was something really dry in the start. I just, like, I'm not awake at that hour <laughs> to this day. I just, like, good luck. I'm not awake until, like, 9 a.m. <laughs> hell yeah. Hell yeah. Blair, I was very uh, excited to see you choose this movie, and I wanted to ask if you had seen it before and, like, had a relationship with this movie. Yes. I was definitely very excited by the movie when I was a teenager because I, too, <laughs> am mentally ill (laughs) (laughs) so yeah I definitely I think I romanticized being like a depressed teenager um and I definitely I don't know I just felt like I was surround I guess like like attracts like and then I'm just like why is everyone around me depressed everyone in the world is depressed (laughs) and so I, I just like you know I never was in like a, a mental ward but I did have friends <laughs> that were and they'd report back to me yeah um but yeah I also was very obsessed with like I don't know like young Hollywood or like here I remember like um Nylon or something did a did a segment on like young Hollywood and it was like Alia Shawkat, Kier yeah. Gilchrist or whatever his last name is. Yeah. And just like all those people I was like very like enamored with. Yes. Oh yeah. Big time. And and like um yeah, like young Zoe Kravitz. Oh you know, my who, god. She definitely lost all that baby fat, you know. Like, I forgot baby fat. All, if that's all those what it like is. well, yeah, no, but normal fat. <laughs> sure, but like comparatively to like her shape now is like so yeah, insane. It's so, it's I know. So yeah, it's like seems she had all these like baby hairs or I don't know, yeah, I don't know. I mean it's crazy how people's bodies change, but um yeah definitely obsessed with like zoe kravitz and like her her friendship with like ezra miller i was also obsessed with oh my god i forgot about that yeah it is funny that she's like 22 in this and she's supposed to be a 16 year old and that's why i feel like they made her hair look like that they were like how can we make her look less put together and like (laughs) do you know that she dated penn badgley i'm not surprised that's for like two years oh shit they're so hot like they're so good looking. I'm whatever. They're not together anymore. Um, Blair, what's your relationship with Emma Roberts? Um, I definitely watched her Nickelodeon show, and I do like her. Um, I <laughs> <laughs> she's an ad- a domestic abuser. I remember that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
Um, I remember she was once arrested for punching her. I don't know if she's still married to him, but I think Evan it was Peters. her. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Evan Peters. Um, uh, American Horror Story liked her in that. Um, famously, Julia Roberts's cousin. Okay. <laughs> um, baby. Jane, I feel like you have the most affection for Emma Roberts. Am I? I do. It's hard yeah. because there is that like domestic i mean after they were like it was mutual but you know that never seems to be the case right so right who knows who knows what happens there happened there yeah i crazy love in her early 20s yeah yeah the, she, <laughs> she tried to get married when she was 24 bad idea yeah yeah you need to punch someone if you get married at 24 oh wait she's just like really cute and once <laughs> she did this she did this ad campaign with airy that was like <laughs> her obviously in underwear and like a shawl or like a cardigan Playing with kittens in like a twinkly lit room, and I was just enamored by it. Um, yeah, so <laughs> I do like her. I watched on Fabulous. I thought it was a bad show that was fun to watch, <laughs> and I didn't think she was talented. I don't know if she's talented. I have a I, hard time figuring out if she can act. I watched her mainly in um, Scream Queens. Oh yeah, terrible show. Wait, Which, yeah, who's the girl that was in that indie movie, Ab- Abigail Breslin? Yeah, watching her in that show, Scream Queens. Blair, have you seen Scream Queens? I think I watched the first episode and I was like, mm, I tap out. Yeah. Abigail Breslin <laughs> saying fair. words like "bitch" and "slut" is one of the hardest things to watch in history. <laughs> Go try to watch it and tell me if you can get through. Well, that's why I Abigail feel like Breslin saying "bitch" and "slut." Oddly, oddly, I feel like Emma Roberts belongs in it because like it's okay if you're like confused if she can act or not while that show is going on because it's like such a wild experience to watch. And fucking um, Ariana Grande's in it. Yes, Ariana Grande's in it. Just being Ariana Grande, which is funny. Um, oh wow! Yeah, it's yeah, it's another phenomenon. But I, I feel like I don't really have a relationship with her, and so like that's like I feel like a way you and I are like also differently approaching this movie, Jane. But, um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Wait, had you Two seen different this? Perspectives. Had you seen this before? Absolutely. So I read okay. the book, which yeah. um, I remember because w- the was... front is the map. The front yeah, the, 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 map. the head, the portrait. It's a really incredible book. I'll be honest; I don't remember it because I read it more Same. than ten years ago. <laughs> and at the time, I have the, I remember having this crazy opinion after watching the movie that the movie was better than the book. Interesting. And I will save my new thoughts until later that's wild i know right and i'm also absolutely i'm not one of those like complete snobs it's like the book is always better than the movie but i do think it is typical that the book is better than the movie um i also think it's weird that they are the people who made this movie also made captain marvel that's just my contribution what? I think it's like random yeah or um yeah they they like wrote it and yeah i don't know <laughs> interesting so good for them making money yeah you know male privilege you can make an indie teen movie and then (laughs) jump to a marvel film a feminist an ostensibly feminist film um i yeah i read it's kind of a funny story i think i read the other ned Vizzini book too and chill out or something uh, be more chill which is now a musical um and it's it's sad because he he like it's semi autobiographical and then he actually like passed from suicide in like 2013 and like he said this book was like very true so um it, he said it was like 85% like what he experienced which is also like wild um and it makes me wonder if there was a, an Emma Roberts like person he had a crush on <laughs> in in adult psychiatric that's the main question i have actually that's definitely um, the 15% <laughs> that's not true yeah. I don't know. I feel like um, 
everyone I know that's been in a psych ward, they always have their psych ward crush. Yeah, I was gonna say Do people fuck in psych ward? I mean, they try. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I gotta get there. No, Uh, just kidding. The other thing I was gonna say is that they are going to try to make a musical of this, which I think is a mistake. (laughs) Like, I think Be More Chill um, is silly and funny, and I think this is a mistake, but um, we'll see. (laughs) Uh, and this guy is from It Follows. The boy actor is from It Follows. Did you realize that, Jane? I don't know what It Follows is. Oh, okay. It's a scary movie. I also it's have a- forgotten what he looks like. It's an early, I watched like, this movie A24 two days ago and I can't imagine what this movie. guy's face is. Should we jump into it? Yeah, we should. Okay. 16-year-old Craig is contemplating suicide, so he checks into a hospital. He stresses about getting into summer school and becoming a CEO and about his crush, Naya, who is dating his best friend, Aaron. The teen unit is under construction, so he's admitted to the adult psychiatric floor. Bobby, an adult patient, gives him a tour. Craig spots Noelle, a pretty teen who has scratches on her face. His roommate, (laughs) Mutata, doesn't ever get out of bed. Spooked by the other patients and scared that his friends will find out where he is, Craig asks if he can leave. It turns out he will be there for at least five days. At lunch, Bobby invites him to sit at his table, and then Craig throws up. Yeah, my takeaway watching this was how unrealistic the psych ward was just because the the weight room, A, was empty, not realistic in New York fucking city. I don't think so. And the fact that, yeah, I mean, in New York City, most of who you're dealing with in a psych ward is the homeless. Yeah, yeah. So... I think the fact that it seemed like this nice little retreat or like rehab is not realistic. And um, yeah, that was like my big takeaway watching it this time. Yeah, around. Was they, like, they sort of mm, they'd be understaffed, under resourced, <laughs> and it, it would be very full. <laughs> they sort of came close with like trying to add like Muktada, who's like very chill, but like, um, you know, main character is like afraid of him a little bit. And then the guy who, like, um, I can't remember if he's in this first part yet, but the guy who, like, always comes over and asks him to be quiet on the phone. Mm-hmm. But then they would just have to multiply those characters by 20, and then there, that's the amount of people that would be there. <laughs> um, Jane, I was going to ask you, have you ever had to apply to a summer program slash summer thingy? <laughs> Once I did... And I didn't get in, and I'm glad I didn't. But I don't even remember what it was for. And like the Gates Foundation. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Ugh, I don't. It was for I. You know what? I don't remember. It was stupid. And I'm glad that I went to tennis camp was instead. Stressful? Yeah, that's way more fun. Blair, what about you? Um, I definitely went to summer camp growing up, but I did go to a school like the one that. This dun, is based dun, dun, dun. on, like, I know it's yeah, going to be based Stuyvesant, on Stuyvesant. Right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So I went to school that was, like, as competitive as Stuyvesant. So everything was like, well, if you don't do this and don't do that, then you won't get it, get it in a good, like, you won't get it in Harvard. Then you don't get it in Harvard and you get it in So definitely that type of anxiety was present. So I, I could relate to that. But it's also like, yeah, in retrospect, when you're not a teenager watching it, yeah, you're just like, yeah, you're uh, catastrophizing. Yeah, it's it's so, ugh, yeah, I can't like put myself back in the shoes of what it felt like. But like, I was definitely, I could definitely relate to like it feeling like 
a cascade of like actions that I would like affect. And in reality, it's just like so much more random. <laughs> and also I mean, so much more like he's already a wealthy person. Yes, yeah, like so, so he's much already more predetermined. kind of set up to have a successful life. Like the fact that he wants to be an artist at the end and has that option is like, well, good for you. Like, congrats, you realize you're rich. Well, also his parents are um, <laughs> Lorelai and <laughs> Jim Gaffigan. Jim Gaffigan. So you know that sets you up for. <laughs> Have you guys seen Jim Gaffigan's Sex in the City episode? No. no. He plays. He dates Miranda, and his his trait is that he goes to the bathroom with the door open. And the premise of the episode oh. is that Miranda's like, I I like I want to be chill. Like I I want to like do this. And then at the end, he's, like, pooping with the door open. And she's like, shut it down. And that's the episode. <laughs> <laughs> and that's Jim Gaffigan. Um, I liked it. this movie. But when the movie started, I realized that this movie is the epitome of, like, a specific niche in my, like, DVD collection when I was in high school. Which is, like, I think I, like, watched this when I was, like, bored one time with my cousin. And it's, like, a random, like, indie-esque movie that I'm, like, oh, yeah, I've seen that movie. I'm cool. <laughs> like, that's... Is it, is it cool? Like, I'm not sure. <laughs> what do you guys think about Zach Galifianakis and his place in this world? I thought he did a good job, or... I don't know. I felt, like, neutral towards it. I'm trying to imagine who would do a better job. I think I also feel neutral towards him in it, which I think is good. Like, I think it's good that he got to be just, like, another character and not necessarily, like, ham it up all the time in it, you know? Like, Sir Lick-a-Lot made me laugh. Oh, wait, that's not him. That's, like, one of the other people at the table. You know what I'm talking about? <laughs> wait, who? There's, like, when he first sits down with all the adults at the table, um, one of the guys is, like, talking about how, like, yeah, when I was your age, like, like all the I girls was were, like, lick a lot. <laughs> Ew. I, I think that actor is a comedian and he was in... He was in an Amy Schumer movie. Okay. I like I like Zach Galifianakis, and I think that it is a testament to his talent that he's able to be in this movie and not have it like overshadow everything. And like yeah. I I do find him funny and very sweet, um, but sort of he plays into like the bigger issue in this movie that we'll talk about later. Uh, I do really like that they have shots of inside craig's mind kind of like going to his school or like a fantasy yeah that was I very really of the time it. like 500 days of summer yeah like, yes. that was very trendy i really liked it it worked for me and especially for a teen movie it makes sense um and also it it adds to it because then we're not just inside the psychiatric ward which could right. be a little dull and you get to see baby zoe kravitz immediately i also like immediately when i'm watching this movie i'm like i think you're suicidal because you suddenly stopped your meds like no that's that happens that's all the it. time <laughs> like that's literally that's what the, happened that's the the <laughs> conflict of the i've movie. solved it yeah <laughs> he stopped taking zoloft he's like yeah i yeah i just like stopped them i think i didn't need them anymore and i was like that's yeah why that's the, why the comedian doctor was like yeah well maybe they were working <laughs> don't, yeah, don't, yeah, don't yeah, stop <laughs> don't stop oh yeah zoloft. uh viola davis who's also in suicide squad which is awkward <laughs> as this like similar role <laughs> Yeah, I really did not like her in this role. Or, like, I just didn't like this role of the therapist. I was just like, hmm. hmm. Yeah, it's so weird that, <laughs> first of all, that there's one doctor. There's, like, the presiding doctor. 
And she's walking around and can, like, talk to him in the hallway and then also in, like, specific appointments. And right. she runs group therapy, so she's doing a lot. She's very chill. She's too empathetic. But also she's, like, she's not, not doing normal. She's it's not just... doing normal therapy. Yes, she's doing yeah. movie therapy where you have to move the plot along instead of just, just, like, benevolent and kind of, like, hmm, how did that make you feel? <laughs> like smiling softly, like giving a soft gaze, and I I hate that because she that's does not ask, a real person. She does ask, um, if you were diabetic, would you be embarrassed by that? And I wanted to ask you guys that. <laughs> if we were diabetic, yeah. Well, I'm pre-diabetic, and I am embarrassed about it. No, don't I'm not be embarrassed, embarrassed about by it. it. I'm that's more the point. Angry. I'm more frustrated. Mm, mm. I'll relay. I'll I'll relay more details about my health issues, which is that even though I exercise and I eat healthy. I'm like nearly diabetic. If you it's have genetic. this problem, weigh in. Tell me what to do. I'm don't tell me to eat healthier. Don't tell me it's to stop genetics. eating bread. I'm not going to do that. Anyway, sorry, Blair. <laughs> what do you think about diabetes? <laughs> my grandmother had it. Uh, my grandpa had it, and my my childhood was people being like, no, 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 no. like my aunts and uncles and my dad being like, da, 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 no, 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 like because he would just like always be reaching for cake is like a memory. <laughs> He, There's yeah, always no. cake near him. His hand is always yeah. Just well, like you know moving. my family. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, it's always like people are like off in one part of the room, and he's like reaching. <laughs> okay, let's uh, let's go to group therapy. Let's move okay. on. Okay. At group therapy, Bobby admits he's nervous about an upcoming interview for a group home because he only has a sweater to wear. Craig offers to lend him one of his father's shirts, impressing Noel. She drops him a note asking him to meet her that night. Craig talks to Nia. Wait, is it Nia or Naya? What am I saying? I don't remember. Okay, sorry. Nia, on the phone. While she admits to seeing uh, a therapist, he doesn't tell her he's at the hospital. Craig helps Bobby practice for his interview and then meets Noelle. She asks him if he's a virgin, and then he picks an eyelash off her cheek. They race to art class. At first, Craig says he can't do art, but then he draws a beautiful map. Craig's best friend Aaron calls to say there's nothing wrong with him and to just chill. Craig says, fuck you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, um, definitely Craig has game, and he's, like, <laughs> overplaying the fact that he's a loser, which, like, he's not. Yeah. And, um, yeah, the whole eyelash move, yeah, that's active flirting, and you'll be fine. <laughs> totally. It is nice. I don't know. I guess I go back and forth on this, but it is nice to see two teens interacting in a way where it's like, we are clearly interested in each other. This isn't, there's no like games being played and we just like, we like each other and we want to get to know each other and that's it. And it is a little like cheesy. And I was wondering if you think Emma Roberts is a pixie, uh, whatever, pan- manic, manic pixie, pixie dream girl. Totally. But, a pixie. <laughs> but a pixie, if she's a pixie, if she has matchable <laughs> abilities. But I don't know. It's nice to see people just like each other and not have it be like, whoa, does she? Um. So I, I thought they had sweet chemistry, actually. I agree that with that. And that is a very, like, teenage move, being like, let's play this game in which I ask yeah. you about your sexual experience. Yeah. I like the writing in it. I don't really think I liked Emma Roberts in those conversations. I thought it was, like, I thought maybe she was, like, not good at acting in them. <laughs> like, I wouldn't say that for, like, the whole movie, but I think, like, in this part of the movie, I was like, eh. In her defense, her character has no backstory and no, like, we don't really learn anything about her. It's just the scratches on her face, which is, like, such a trope also that reminds me of the early 2000s. Because, like, I remember um, 
in like Ender's Game. Ender's Game came out as a movie. Or wait, no, not Ender's Game. What's the other movie I'm thinking of? Ah, oh, where there's like a virtual world. Fuck. Oh, 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 Ready Player One. <laughs> yes, Ready Player One, the book came out, and the ending is like one of these girls like that he's talking to she's like oh you're not gonna like me when you see me and it's like she's super beautiful she just has like i don't know like a um, birthmark on her face a that's like such an early 2000s thing like beautiful girl with like something on her face but also it, it is I, I remember in the books thinking that these scratches would be much more intense same yeah like, they should have kind of i think small. they should have and they would be yeah, infected they if she did it. them if she did them herself or like if a person did them they would be infected um I do think it's fun that Zoe Kravitz is 22 in this and is posing as a 16-year-old, and I wrote goals. Um, <laughs> she look. I, I think she's very believable as a high schooler. But that's standard. Like, most people yeah, in their yeah, mid-20s yeah. go out for high school roles. I also How think old is she's... the lead actor? Oh, that's a good question. I didn't look him up because we all, like, forgot. He's boring. He like. um, I mean, I think he, like, is, like, a self-insert of Ned Vizzini, and I think he, like, does pretty well in it. I also think... Oh, I like um, him, yeah. I also think Zoe Kravitz does pretty well at starting to make you dislike her. Like, I think she's, like, good at starting to be annoying. Oh, um, totally. It's, like, really good. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that she's, like, I see a therapist. Also, his best friend Aaron is an absolute tool. Like, it is, an, it, it is sort of a fun juxtaposition of them being super smart, uh, overachieving kids and just idiots. Like, Aaron yes. is, is supposed to be so good at everything, but he has absolutely no concept and, like, no empathy for Craig and just he just doesn't understand at all I mean there's probably like jealousy built in and, and other stuff but kids are idiots it doesn't matter I what also, school you go to I think it's funny that in in Craig's fantasy mind be them being super academically successful Zoe and um Aaron Zoe her name's not Zoe um and then them also like having sex with each other are like linked like you're successful and you're having sex and that's like a huge thread in this movie and I think that's like such an elite private school thing because it's not at all like what what was linked in my mind like at that age what did you link sex with drugs no just being hot being hot I guess maybe like drinking and like going out yeah, like I people that. who were like drinking and going out were having sex. I I like found out somebody I like thought was hot in high school, like, um, fuck this girl in like a bathroom stall in a bar, and like she was like crying the next day because she was like she thought it was supposed to be really special, and he clearly like didn't care. I feel oh, like yeah, that's and I was actually very... so rare. I feel like most people are just like whatever. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In reality, or like um yeah, it reminded me of like book smart a little bit, where like yes. a good plot point. Or a good characteristic about that movie was that, like, yeah, the hot people and the popular people were also smart and going to the best schools. Exactly. And I feel like that's the way it is, where it's just, like, if you're someone who's just, like, naturally predicated on, like, succeeding in some regard, it's, like, you're going to be doing that in all areas. Yeah, you're also going to be alpha in your social life. Yeah, I feel like at my school, it was like definitely positively correlated that if the better you were doing in school, like mm. the more liked you were, unless you were like a total belligerent nerd about it, like um, Mindy Kaling's <laughs> character in that show. You know what I'm talking about? The teen show that she wrote? Yes. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do think... If you're like I, a bullying I, nerd, no one yes. likes you. Being like, I oh, agree. I do think that there's sort of like an 
an I there can be like an isolated group, which is sort of where I feel like I fell into of kids that all take like the same classes together. I also went to a small school, I guess 200 people were in my grade. And so I only ever was in the same classes, with the same people. And what I'm trying to say is I didn't have sex, um, but I did do well in school. But then there were plenty of other kids who did like generally well and also did well at like sports and also did really well socially. So I think that's the majority. And then there are, uh, I, I wasn't a loser. I was just like, not there. I will say, Jane, you remember the the story of the girl, the kind of alpha popular girl that I talked about in the pod before who like turned to me in physics class and like talked about going to her boyfriend's house over a free period and coming five times, which like, I think like she came multiple times. I don't know if five is the number, but I will say that I bet somebody she came zero times, zero times. That no. is- <laughs> Zero. I think no, but I think she's someone that um like Blair was saying she's like alpha in all areas because she was also very smart and really good at sports and I think she was alpha at coming. So that's what I was trying to say. But I don't <laughs> think like lying. all of her friend group was like that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um what do we think a Bill Gates summer is like? <laughs> like that's what they were applying for, right? They just kept being like Gates, Gates, Gates. <laughs> it doesn't they didn't tell us like what they would be doing, right? So we get to make that up. I guess they would be um, creating a computer, being with, like <laughs> cre- creating the internet, right? Is that what Bill Gates did? Uh, I think ro- they robotics. Yeah, I. It's hard to say too because in his fantasies, he clearly didn't know what it was like either. Like he was just like, they're gonna all be like hanging out in like a collegiate environment, and like my two best friends will be fucking. It could have just been like college level classes. Totally. That's what I think, too. If he wants to be CEO, he should be taking the most dry managerial courses. That would be so awful. Well, the other thing that the Gates Summer could be is just, like, uh, motivational speakers talking to them every day. Because I think some... TED Talks? Yeah, I think some teen summer programs are like that, where they're, like, instead of, like, making you go to school, they just, like, make you, like, listen to speakers, and you're supposed to, like, soak it in, I guess. Oh, also terrible. He should go work at Forever 21 and go to Applebee's with his coworkers. That's how you to, really learn. This, like, NYC gifted programs thing is, like, very scary to me. I used to go in college board and all that shit and, like, be unable to sleep and, like, think about all that shit. And now I know it's all just, like, fake and, like, elitism and racism and stuff. But I, I do think it's, like, very specifically captured because this was his life. And I think, like, it can be really awful. Like, he really captured this feeling of, like having friends in high school and not having anyone you feel safe enough to talk to because they're like all like seemingly doing better than you Mm -hmm. but there's like still a part of you that wants to like pretend um yeah anyway it's i feel like i could relate to kind of like oh when am i gonna have that like this type of intimacy with my friends or like Mm. when because i definitely lived in my head in a similar way where, like, you know, it takes a lot on your part to be able to feel comfortable enough to, like, be vulnerable with other people. So I think I remember that when I was a teenager being like, when will I be able to have that type of, like, vulnerability with my, like, friends or, like, potentially whoever I'm, like, dating or whatever. Yeah, and I think they're being bad friends a little bit in this, too, and it's like, you can't change them necessarily or you don't know how, but it's like so str- it's stressful. I don't know. He never I don't think there's ever like a very good conversation about mental health with his friends, even like even though there's sort of a resolution like 
it doesn't seem like he even really understands <laughs> what oh, yeah. well, like, well, like geisty at the time yes yes well yeah i have so many thoughts about that but yeah we yeah. can move on we can move okay. on Craig's dad visits and reminds him that the summer program is important. Later, Bobby has an outburst after doing poorly in the interview. He tells Craig his daughter will be better off without him. During music class, Craig performs under pressure and it looks like a music video. Naya calls and says everyone at school thinks Craig is cool and asks if she can come visit. Bobby and Craig dress up like doctors, sneak out of the unit, and play basketball. Bobby tells Craig to ask Noelle out, but he's nervous about being rejected. Bobby helps Craig practice asking her out. He finally admits that he's tried to kill himself six times and that he would give anything to have Craig's life. Okay, not gonna lie, this is where I fell asleep. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, it happens. So, I mean, I do vaguely remember, um, because I have seen this movie before, um, but yeah, I mean, I am thinking, like, yeah, it is kind of, like, badass, like, you know how people, <laughs> when definitely teenagers, like, romanticize tragedy. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's just like, oh, you tried to kill yourself? Ugh, and kind of, like, revel in the drama of that. Yeah. Yeah, I was going to ask if you had, if either of you had ever thought a teen more trouble than you was cool. Interesting. I thought you were going to ask me if I tried to kill myself. No. No. um, Yeah. No, there were definitely kids that were like way more troubled. And I do, like, there was this one girl who was like very troubled, but she also got like, I don't know, you do get like attention, which is like a part of the reason why you're acting out. Um, but yeah, there was this like really troubled hot girl and she always like had, I think it was just, um, like, oh, it's so cool that all these boys are like doing things for you. (laughs) Oh, interesting. I don't, I I did not have that dynamic in my life. The people that were really troubled, I think the ones that I'm thinking of are no longer alive. So like they really, really had a bad and I did not envy them. But that being said, I do understand the idea of of romanticizing an escape, especially if his friends are in a similar position to him of like feeling stressed and, and feeling pressured and being like, oh, he did it like he he broke the mold like he did something different. And even though they clearly are not grasping like the severity of the situation, um, I do understand why they would kind of be interested in it and think it's cool and different. I feel like um, the other thing, too, is that sometimes teacher, which is, like, not at all in this, but, like, I think sometimes teachers can play into that. Like, I remember this girl who was, like, kind of, like, hot and troubled is, like, the way I would describe her. Like, kind of what you were saying, Blair, like, someone who would definitely get a lot of attention from, like, boys and just, like, come off as someone who is, like, in a way, like, kind of, like, mysterious and sexy, but, like clearly has some stuff going on and I think the teachers would like also watch her or like react disproportionately in like a different way and kind of like put everyone else on alert and I have a particular memory of um she was like in our this was actually at my all girls teachers school. hate troubled hot girls yes exactly <laughs> and like the laser was like They're on jealous. her yeah. and she was like she was um she was blowing up condoms I this is the only time in my life I had ever seen someone do this because it's like something people do in the movies is like blow up condoms and this was like at a catholic school so like it was doubly like uh-uh <laughs> um and she's blowing them up and like just releasing them into the classroom and she wasn't supposed to be in that classroom like she was supposed to be somewhere else 
and the bell rang and the teacher was coming in right there and she jumped out the fire escape and like ran around the building to her class and I just remember sitting there and being like she is so cool and like brave and like I just yeah I just like definitely romanticized her and like I was like this is like the main character like I'm a side character but like I think she was like I think everyone was like giving her a hard time at that school and like she was probably like pretty upset about it um did she get in trouble um no because they they didn't see her they were like who did this and we were like they're gone like thankfully the whole classroom like no one snitched on her everyone was just like they're gone now like whoever it was she's gone like she disappeared um, they blow condoms in a degrassi episode but otherwise like who why would you ever do that it was also awkward because like then when she left there were just balloon condoms in the classroom like bouncing around and, and so the teacher had to <laughs> like be like fill them with helium <laughs> the like, teacher had to be like <laughs> the teacher had to be like we have to get rid of them but like because it's like a catholic school the teacher was like so embarrassed <laughs> like did she pop them all um i think we just like ended up deflating them so it was like we had evil seed everyone grab a condom <laughs> I have a common um, story that I wanted to quickly tell. Go. That's not even my story, but this <laughs> this took this took place in Hazamir Jewish Choir, and for some reason, one of my friends was like talking about the way maybe like rubber gloves taste. I have I can't I don't know the context of this because all that matters is at the end, this girl who thought she was hot shit was like they taste like condoms, and then my friend was like, "How do you know?" And that girl was like. How do you think? And I really like her implication that she like <laughs> gives blowjobs while someone's wearing a condom, <laughs> which is very safe. responsible. Of it me. is very responsible. But like, what do you think? I'm the safest sex person you know. Like, <laughs> I'm having the safest sex I'm the imaginable. Safest blowjob queen of this high school. <laughs> it's just like not realistic. That's beautiful. Um, anyway, that girl. That girl. I hope she's. I hope she's doing well. That's she's a awesome. Nutritionist now. There you awesome. go. See, she's super she's healthy. Health yeah. and wellness. <laughs> yeah. Speaking of health and wellness, I like that they show that what is good for mental health is like consistency and like routines and like support and like less pressure. But I, I do think so. Like Ned Vizzini is like super big advocate or was super big advocate of like creative work is like a great way to like, um, you know, like help with mental health. And I think like that can be, but it's definitely like in this movie, it's like this is the answer everyone should say. <laughs> which like I think is fun and I think is like like the arts and crafts scene I like and I do think it's good because I like that stuff but I also think is it's clearly like disproportionately working for this young elite school boy and not like the guy who draws beavers you know (laughs) like right and it's it's, also a part of things it's like don't stop taking Zoloft and maybe drawing like will make you feel happy on a day-to-day basis. I do want to say, so after he sings Under Pressure, he and Noelle are like cheering and stuff. And then they have like a little awkward hug and she's like pretending to be awkward and touching her hair. And I was like, ha that's Emma Roberts. <laughs> that's sort of her like, role. Yeah. That's like what she does. I think I want, what was that movie she was in recently? It was maybe called Holiday. And it's, oh yes, yes. I it's didn't sort watch of it, marketed as a Christmas movie, but because it starts at Christmas, I think, and ends at Christmas. But they go through every holiday, and like oh, she sees I the same guy. Yeah. And yeah, she's just playing herself. But it's actually yeah, <laughs> it's actually pretty charming. Um, Craig's father is like a piece of shit, and I hate him. And Lorelai yeah. should have stepped in. I will say that I'm I I read Lauren Graham's memoir. In fact, I can <gasps> see it from where I'm sitting, and she she talks about how she. At one point in her life, she was either getting cast as, like, the harried mother 
or like the quirky single gal out out on out on the town and like oh, she's very clearly you can tell which one she is in this one which is just like the stressed out mom. mom um and then i have an important question to ask you guys which is at one point we see zach galifianakis eating like a an ice cream novelty cone and i wanted to ask mm. what is your favorite ice cream that you would get either from an ice cream truck or from one of those like freezers at a store where you have to like unpackage the ice cream this is a very good question oh, thank you um I feel like a classic is the Hagen Dazs bar. Mm. If you're at like a deli, like a bodega, um, with the almond chocolate. Okay, so vanilla ice cream with the chocolate with the almonds. <laughs> um, but then, yeah, I, if I'm on a beach, I'm going to get the coconut bar, mm. the coconut ice cream bar, um, because it's very refreshing, good for sunny days. You want like a frozen fruit bar. Yeah, when it's like super hot out. Yeah, um, and if I'm getting it from a machine, I would usually do the strawberry shortcake with all the crumbles oh. on it. I know exactly what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. I yeah, so I feel like I, I grew up eating the like twin twin pops or like twin <laughs> or like. Do you know what I'm talking about? I do. I don't think it's I just the two. twin pops. I think that I've seen them. I like obviously they're just a shape, and so there's like a bunch of different. But they're either called Twin Popsies, Twin Pops, or, like, something else. And I think it's good because you can have the chocolate one or you can have the fruit one. Um, And I used to, like, eat them, like, all the time. I used to get that all the time, like, growing up. And I I think a Popsicle is good. I am a psycho that bites a Popsicle. Yeah, I do that, too. I feel like... Did you do that as a child? Yeah, and I also think, like... When I was growing up, it was so it was so warm all the time because I grew oh, yeah. up in the tropics that like if you didn't like eat it fast, like it would be all over your hand. So That's I just true. like shortened the process. I think my favorite is a chip witch, the like mm. cookie on either side ice cream, and then there's like chocolate chips around the edge. That's probably my favorite. Thinking yeah, of I like twin them. pops, I really like fudgesicles. Those yeah. are my favorite. And I hate firecrackers, which are like Frozen ice in red, white, and blue, artificially flavored, and they you could can have two, fucking you die. Could have two twin pop. You could have two fudgesicles in a twin pop. Okay, that's all I'll say. <laughs> it you was sort of one though, because never mind. Anyway, <laughs> let's move on. Okay, Naya visits Craig at the hospital, sharing that she and Aaron broke up. She's horny about Craig being mentally ill. They make out in Mutata's bed, and he gets very upset. Craig throws up. Naya runs out, and Craig yells that he loves her, but Noelle overhears. Craig wallows in bed, so Bobby gives him a pep talk about making the most out of life and reveals he got into the group home. Rejuvenated, Craig apologizes to Noelle. They sneak onto the hospital roof, talk about Craig doing art instead of becoming a CEO, and kiss. Aaron comes by and apologizes. During a pizza party, Craig plays Egyptian music, and Mutata dances. Yay! Woo! Everyone's happy. Wait, so because I didn't watch this part, um, for Mutata, where is Mutata? Like, why? Where is he? He's normally in the bed. Exactly. Yeah, he just, like, doesn't leave the room. He doesn't he normally like, leave the room. He's in the and bathroom. That, and that's why Craig got out. upset? No, Mutata got upset. Oh. So Mutata comes out of the bathroom and he's like, You're making sex, which does sound like a Borat quote. Yeah, it is um, a little. <laughs> 
He says, you're making she sex make, in my she bed. She's making sex in my bed. I was like, um, okay. <laughs> he's very upset. He's not happy about it. And then later, because Craig gets Egyptian music, which he has because he comes from that type of New York family, um, and he plays the Egyptian music, Mutata comes out and dances. And his mental illness is, of course, cured at that point. <laughs> There's also a scene where, um, well, first I was going to say the Mutata scene is very funny because Craig um, throws up out of being anxious and then naya nia is like what the fuck is going on like she's just like what's wrong with you um and she's so mean yeah and muktada's just like get the fuck out of here um in his borat way and so i did i did kind of laugh in that chaos like i thought um naya was very realistically like childish in it yeah and And that's the um, first time she's seeing that what he's actually dealing with a little bit more like oh he's not just like hanging out here like he gets nervous and throws up that's not a normal thing people should be dealing with mental illness isn't like cool cred (laughs) yeah uh i do really like (laughs) during the therapy session he has where he like realizes he should just be happy which is what happens in therapy is you realize that you should just be happy and then you (laughs) become happy he says i used to think art was just bourgeois decadence which is an awesome line and makes me think that we should be viewing Craig with with a little bit more criticism. <laughs> I think it's hilarious. Uh, and then he says it's self-indulgent for him to take what he has for grant- granted and that he wants to keep drawing maps. So that's the conclusion. That's Craig's arc is that he realizes that he needs to uh, not take his life for granted and draw. Wait, wait I literally don't remember this. Like, it's when I he's don't... talking to Viola Davis at the end. Like, I know. I don't remember. I remember the party and everything and like the montage at the end. But yeah, I do think I think this sort of this part of the movie was the least interesting to me because it was like a lot of speeches. And so mm-hmm. it became a lot like a Grey's Anatomy episode, which I did like <laughs> yeah. love as a teen. Like I can understand why I thought this movie was cool as a teen because I was just like super into like a uh, just real enough speech you know mm. a real talk speech when noelle meets craig for the final time she's wearing a shirt that says i hate boys hell yeah so either she <laughs> owns a shirt that says i hate boys or she has the resources in the psych ward to create a shirt that says i hate boys before meeting craig which is rock and roll yeah, it's not it's not necessarily clear if like she's still there. Um they do she does ask him or he asks her, Do you like music? And he says and she says, Do you like breathing? And I just typed LOL. She definitely is gonna get a tattoo that says music is life with like little notes surrounding it. No, she's gonna get the infinity symbol on her wrist. Oh What if I had that tattoo? That'd be sad. Oh god. Um I don't. I think... But I might get it. I think that it... uh, This part of the movie is most jarring. I mean, obviously what you're saying, Jane, like, it's so funny that, like, the conclusion is just, like, you just gotta go live. And, like, I think what is, like, most jarring to me is that, like, Ned Vizzini did not, like, beat his mental illness. And I think the life montage at the end is really cute, but it should have been, like, go to therapy, take your meds, take your meds, go to therapy, take your meds, go to therapy, take your meds. Like, he absolutely, like, leaves the facility and is, like, I'm off meds now. And, like... Uh, it, Wait, like, is he? Does very... he say that? No, but it just like doesn't. It's just like I guess you're right. He could have gone back on Zoloft, but like I mean, they don't make it clear enough. They don't make Agreed. it clear enough, and they're like lit. They're like uh, the whole montage is him being like, you know, uh, decide that I don't want to do this. Like, go draw maps and like hang out with 
Emma Roberts and kiss Emma Roberts and then like live. That's my life now. And like, I love to live. And um, it's just like, it's, it's like jarring and like sad to me. Cause like, that's not how you right. be. Well, I guess like the takeaway is <laughs> it's, I, I think what they're trying to do is like, Hey, you're okay. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, if yeah. you don't reach these accolades, like you're not, your life isn't going to be horrible. <laughs> I guess I'm further conflicted though because Zach Galifianakis's character is kind of like his ending is a little bit unclear and sad. Like he kind of slips away in the morning and he so clearly covets what Craig has. What it comes off as is it sort of feels like they're saying Craig has all of all the things you need to be happy, which is security, wealth, health, a girl like parents and Zach Galifianakis who maybe is homeless like I mean he's gonna live in a group home but like he doesn't own a home like they don't say the same thing for him and it's confusing to me that there's no clear message of like it doesn't matter what your status is like you can suffer from depression and you can die from mental illness yeah and like I would argue that like they're like your parents love you and I would argue that like it seems like Craig's dad probably has some issues of his own that he needs to like lay off like pressuring his son to do all this stuff i mean it's it's sort of in the end it's like oh i talk i explained to my dad that like i don't want to do that and it was like hard for him but like um i don't know i've had i've had like friends in my life who have had parents like that that really push them and it's like absolutely not changeable <laughs> like they're mm. they're just like you will fail and i will have failed you as a parent if you don't get into this summer internship like that's how they view it um but that said like i I think, like, it's confusing for me because I think I agree with you, Blair, that, like, as a teen watching this, I was like, oh, I like the message. The message is, like, you're okay and, like, this stuff doesn't matter and you can, like, you know, you can relax and, like, people can just be, like, creative and exist. And, like, I liked it and I, I, um, and maybe that's, like, because I wasn't that troubled as a teen and, like, was never a suicidal teen. So, like, that's why I could have been okay with it. I don't know. I don't know. I don't remember the book either. Like, it's hard for me to imagine the book ending on such a generic term. Maybe I got to go check it out or something. And I don't know. Or read the Wikipedia page. Like, (laughs) I just can't imagine that someone who is really suffering, like, truly, like, the author of the book would end it on such a note. But I don't know, man. Um, My question was, what would you draw if you were forced to draw anything for an hour? (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) realize i forgot to ask that i think i think the beaver was funny i would probably try uh i would probably try to draw the other people in the ward Hmm. i would do like a landscape that's my go-to for like wow not not well that sounds like i'm gonna draw it well no i'm saying that because like i feel like i would also always default to like people Mm. yeah (laughs) oh alert something i do feel like i took i genuinely wrote and like thought like people should do art more like it's even very if you're, therapeutic even yeah. if you're bad at it i personally have started getting into nail painting and i feel really good about it and like it's super fun and i'm not good at it at all but it really is so relaxing to just focus on a specific task um and just yeah get into it I think doing arts and crafts is good for anyone, and it kind of, like, sucks that, like, the movie was, like, 
doing arts and crafts is good for anyone because you might want to do that as a career. <laughs> like, <laughs> yes, no. So true. <laughs> I well, I don't know. I don't know because I didn't finish it, but <laughs> <laughs> I I don't know. I think there might be more of a messaging here of kind of like mental health um, is like a practice mm. as opposed to kind of like just something that you have. And that is something to be worked at as opposed to kind of like people are just happy. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I totally, I, I think also I'm curious, I'm curious about like Noelle and like all the other people in the ward and like what happens to them and like. It feels you know, like such a um, cop out for, for Noelle to never tell her story. Mm. And like, it feels like it takes away from her as a character. Yeah, maybe it's in the book. Well, I don't that's remember. quintessential manic pixie dream girl. We never learned yeah. about her. She just has cute little scars all over her. She's mysterious. <laughs> oh, no. I thought you said scarves. <laughs> <laughs> and then I remembered what she had. Okay, let's wrap Let's wrap this up. Okay, we've come to the end. We're each going to answer three questions. And Blair, you can go first each time. Um, the first question is, is this movie good or bad? Um, in the history of cinema, I will <laughs> rank this movie as not good. Wow. <laughs> I think I'm ranking it as it's fine. Oh, <laughs> like, that's my... Yeah. If we're going binary, like, good, bad. Oh, yeah, saying it's hard. Bad, but it's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I might I say it's I good. It. I-, I might say it's good, but, but like, not not great not great um the second question is do you like this movie (laughs) you did fall asleep but you can answer based on past viewings as well um repeat the question sorry (laughs) did you like this movie as a child yes as an adult no thank you wow i i did like it i enjoyed i enjoyed watching it i think that i I felt more conflicted. I think I really, really liked it when I watched it randomly one day with my cousin, and it made me feel cooler, and now I feel conflicted about it and about that, maybe. <laughs> um, maybe I feel like maybe I was Naya, um, <gasps> Nia. We still don't know. We'll, we'll Zoe Kravitz. Know. You were Zoe Kravitz in that um, moment. God, I wish. Um, and the third question is, what type of teen is this movie for? Depressed teens. I think it's for Craig's. I think yeah. it's or or maybe not for Craig's, maybe for like Aaron's. It's for like kids that are mm. doing really well that just need to be reminded that uh, there are other options, but who don't need an actual lesson on mental health. I also think it's for indie music teens because there's a lot of like hits in this, which like actually, yeah, yeah, there's a lot of Icarus like by yeah. uh, Winter Hinterland. I think that's the name <laughs> of the band. I was really obsessed. Yeah, I was actually surprised that there were so many songs in it that I hadn't thought about for a while, but, like, definitely brought me back to a specific year. And also, like, that they were all, I don't know, they were all realistically, they have a little argument about whether Vampire Weekend is cool, and then it turns out (laughs) Emma Roberts likes Vampire Weekend in it, so it's okay. I love Vampire Weekend. And I was like, everyone liked Vampire Weekend, like, it's not... I don't know. Yeah, like I didn't. Th- <laughs> he was like embarrassed to say Vampire Weekend. And I was like, no, everyone would like Vampire Weekend. Of course, you would like Vampire Weekend. Like, relax. Yeah, there was a moment where it was like it was cool until it wasn't. Yes. <laughs> um, Jane, you said you said errands. 
errands of the world. Okay. Um, yeah, I agree with that. Um, who like indie music? He did have indie hair. Um, Blair, what are you watching these days that's not this? Mm, interesting, you should ask. Um, <laughs> I, last night, stayed in with my friend and we watched the new Kardashian episode. Hell yeah. And we revisited the old Keeping Up with the Kardashian episodes in the first season, which are hysterical. They're a lot less frank than they uh, mm. used to be. And there was this whole entire episode of Khloe Kardashian being like, there's a homeless guy outside of our shop. It's bad for business. There's not a home. This is the first homeless person I've seen in Calabasas. And then the episode was like Chris being like, Khloe, he's really down on his luck. Why don't you try to do something nice for him? You know, imagine if it were you. And so the whole episode is Khloe being like, mom, you're bright. And basically doing like a makeover episode with this homeless man that was outside of the dash shop and i mean it it was sweet but also like so psycho and like what a cultural artifact yeah i mean it really just goes to show how far we've moved as a culture (laughs) (laughs) like kind of like what's appropriate what's not and then also um bruce now well dead name bruce kept making making remarks about gender like finally another man in the house (laughs) it's just like i'm just surrounded by women all day like you know i just want to do guy stuff (laughs) oh wait i have to ask about this homeless person what what did they do for them? Do they dye the hair? Do they get the nails done? Like, how well, do you make over a homeless person? His like name clothes? was Shorty. And so she was like, Shorty, come. We're going to, you know, we're going to help get you cleaned up. And so they brought them back to their home, um, gave them new clothes, trimmed the beard, cleaned them up, oh made an appointment. He had missing teeth, so they made an appointment with a dentist to get, like, um dentures i guess and so they gave him new teeth which i think was like the big up you know (laughs) and then put him in a hotel and then set him up at a shelter oh okay i was gonna say they could have literally bought this person a a house (laughs) i mean at this point in time i don't know maybe kim could have (laughs) but this was a a chloe kardashian project chloe and (laughs) courtney and then the guy shorty kept like touching courtney and like you know and courtney was just like i couldn't give a fuck (laughs) (laughs) yeah it's a wild episode i recommend it more i love a time capsule like that yeah jane uh since the last time we we recorded i got a cold and recovered from a cold so i've actually watched the most amount of television in my life oh wow. the one thing i'm going to report on is that i finally watched black swan with walter <gasps> um the two best subjects a movie can be about is uh ballet and eating disorders so <laughs> this movie hits it out of the park i love it i think it's fantastic um and i'm Did also you like my grapefruit like natalie oh, portman eating yes grapefruit. it's incredible okay. your your impression is spot on um okay, good. i'm also watching star trek and really really enjoying it yeah you just keep sending me screenshots from it and i don't i don't necessarily I know, know how i'm supposed to react but they're good screenshots i need i need to find someone just to like you know you know how when you you watch a show that you, that someone else like knows you don't have to talk about it you just are like i'm at this point and then the other person's yeah, yeah, like yeah. 
Sweet. Yeah, 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 yeah. I need to find someone with an Apple password because I want to watch Severance. Apple is the one thing we don't have. I literally just got Paramount, Peacock, and Disney, the trifecta, and I don't have Apple. (laughs) Yeah, you gotta watch, you gotta watch Severance, um, illegally. Um, I, um, I started a couple of new things. One is at this bachelorette where we did the escape room. We watched a lot of Bling Empire during the day, which I actually really liked. It's like crazy rotations in real life. Um, And the clothing, the emphasis is like very much the clothing and it's awesome. And I think I, yeah, we we just like jumped into season two because my cousin had watched the first season. And I think I might go back and like put on some of it because it's very just pleasing to have on. Um, and then I also started, um, The Time Traveler's Wife TV adaptation because I was obsessed with that book as a teen and there's a very memorable part of that book. So for whoever hasn't read it, it's about like this couple and the man is a time traveler. So like when they're married, he goes back in time to like meet her like growing up and he like watches her grow up, which is obviously like (laughs) weird, but, um, they have sex for the first time when he's time traveling back to see her at the age of 18 in the book. And, um, and he waited for that age, but, like, they did not, but, like, they just, like, have written it out of the show, which I think is probably appropriate, but also it's, like, just don't make this, just don't make this book, like, just don't do it. Exactly. I don't, Uh. I read a good, I read a good article about how you can't really capture the book in a movie or show necessarily, especially I hear the show is kind of, like, silly and, like, fun, and the book is not. It is. It is and it isn't. Like the show is. Um, the show is trying to make it kind of actiony, actually. So actually, Jane, I don't know if I told you this. The guy who plays the main actor is Divergent. Wait, what's his four? Four, four from Divergent. I forgot. <laughs> Theo James from Divergent. I combined Theo and four. It's very four. <laughs> distressing because they try to make him look old, which that guy doesn't. And then also both Theo James and the girl who plays Egret in Game of Thrones are the leads and they're both British and they're both like really trying hard to do an American accent the entire time. Mm. And it's it's kind of like watching someone tiptoe. It's like walk, watching someone walk on eggshells for me. It's like they're slipping like, I don't know. Like, Would it be that big a deal hard. to walk on eggshells? Like, Okay, never mind. I, it was the wrong It was the wrong analogy. No, okay, I'm not criticizing you. I'm criticizing the analogy. Okay. Like, especially if you had shoes on, it would just not be a big deal at all. And even if you had no shoes on, like, I don't know. Whatever. <laughs> I just what I'm saying is the book it like the the discomfort of their relationship is part of the book and the yes, fact that this the, just don't the make female yeah, character yeah. is like her whole life is wrapped up in this guy. That is the point of the book. The book is not suggesting it's some fairy tale whereas yes, the movie yes. and the show seem to. Okay. Um <sighs> Blair, thank you for doing this book adaptation that did not have any time travelers but did have baby Zoe Kravitz and so we all Got to see that, which was great. Really important. Um, we're <laughs> we're super happy to have you. Um, would you like to plug anything at this time? Oh yes. Um, <laughs> follow me on social media. It's so important these days. Blair Simone on Instagram, your girl Blair on TikTok and Twitter. I also have a biweekly show at Endless Life Brewing in Crown Heights, and that's every first and third Wednesday. And we have a social media for that where we post the lineups, which is Endless Laughs BK. So check it out. Sweet. Thank you for for being here. Thanks for having me. Um, Jane, do you want to mention the upcoming movie that I think it's the one the 
Patreon people pick. Yes, our listeners chose <laughs> Along for the Ride, which is which came out this year. So I'm super excited to cover a new movie. One of our Patreon commenters is literally like, I don't know where you find these. <laughs> like, this is like peak algorithmically generated movie. So I'm, I'm actually pretty excited because we've done a few like more serious ones in a row. So... Um, yeah, I don't want to have to say the word mental illness next episode. Wait, when it says ride, is it... There's no horses, though, right? No. Actually, I think it might be about mental illness and about a no! guy who... Te- I, it might be about a guy who teaches a girl to be happy. We're going to we're gonna watch, though. We're going to see. <sighs> okay. Um, that was Under the Bleachers, our podcast about teen content. We would love if you hit that subscribe button, whatever way you get your podcasts. Don't forget to rate and leave a review, and please share us with a friend. And with a teen. You can get in touch with us at underthebleacherspod at gmail.com and find us on Twitter at, at @bleacherteens. Also, subscribe to our Patreon to kick us some support, especially if you want to vote on algorithmically generated Netflix movies at patreon.com slash under the bleachers pod. Okay, we will see you next time. Under the bleachers. bleachers. <laughs>